Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Aiming towards Archer! That's a fabulous header! Once again, the Jargons, banished the flick on. Gather Round Villains and welcome back to Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by underagaslitlamp.com. After a blank weekend as Villa sat out the FA Cup fourth round, we'll discuss the permutations around Villa's relative inaction in the January transfer window and also take a glance at the squad for the run-in and look ahead to this weekend's home clash with Leicester City. I'm your host, Andy, and this week I'm joined by Craig and Dan. Yes, hello, gentlemen. We are on February the 1st, the transfer window slammed shut, and we're here ready to plug into the next 18 games and Aston Villa's quest for perhaps a Europa Conference League spot. I wish I was as excited as Craig. I think it's, there's plenty to sink our teeth into or nothing to sink our teeth into. I mean, either way, we might finally record a pod under an hour in length, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Doubt, yeah, highly, highly doubtful. doubtful. We'll end up on a tangent somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we like to talk. We, like, we, we, we get this opportunity once a week. We like to make the most of it. Um, so we'll get into it. I mean, obviously, deadline day yesterday as we record, and um, there was... A little bit of hope around, but mostly, I suppose, pessimism and acceptance, depending on which side of the fence you're on, um, in terms of Villa's uh, incomings um, on on the final few few days, really, of the the window. Um, The the headlines were that Aaron Aaron Ramsey, um, young lad, uh, well, JJ's brother, has has gone to Borough on loan. He, He joins Cameron Archer up there. Marvellous Nakamba has, has um, made a loan move to Luton Town. Um, the much-anticipated uh, signing of Matteo Guendouzi um, obviously came to nothing, which I think we we kind of predicted um, prior to that. And there were no additions, in fact, to the, the, the squad um, after Alex Moreno and John Duran um, signed earlier in the month. <laughs> Um, there's some talk, obviously, that Emery was was keen to ensure that everyone coming in would improve the first team um, and was unable really to find suitable options that he'd be satisfied with. This window has split the fan base again. Um, but what's what's your take on it in terms of those leaving as well as those coming in, Craig? I'm actually probably uh, uh, in the minority here in that I'm quite pleased with the transfer window. I'm really happy with the signings that we made in in Moreno and Duran. I'm really even more happy in some of the exits that we've seen. And I'm also happy that we haven't gone and spunked a bunch of money up the wall on overpriced or (laughs) over-the-hill players. And uh, that we seem to have kept our powder dry, hopefully ready for an assault in the summer. Obviously, none of us are going to know how this transfer window is going to shake out and how it's really going to be rated until... You know, we see it in the fullness of time, how the rest of the season goes and how the summer transfer window goes. Without that context, we don't really know. I know this time last season we were on the pod bemoaning us missing out on Bissouma or another defensive midfield reinforcement. Bissouma was going to cost £25 million. He wasn't really a defensive midfielder anyway. And we kept our powder dry and we signed Bubakar Kamara, who might be quadruple the player that Bissouma is. And... In the fullness of time, that worked out to be a really, really good thing to do, to wait. I would also say that last season, there was lots of talk going around, and and I was in that. I was in the camp of of the people who thought that we won Aston Villa. We won last year's winter transfer window. We signed Coutinho, we signed Luca Dean, and we signed Callum Chambers on on basically on a free. Three international footballers, and we thought, away, here we go. Unfortunately, in the fullness of time, we did not win that transfer window and all three of those players look like they might be out the door before before we kick a ball in August. So I think it's important to keep some calm, keep some perspective. 
I'm pleased that we didn't waste it, waste any money. I'm pleased with the two players that we did bring in, and I'm also pleased that that we have trimmed away some of the some of the fat and some of the excess. And this gives Emery a real clean group to work with for the next 18 games. And if anyone can get the most out of these uh, uh, players, it's Unai Emery. I think Craig's bang on there. I think. Can I let you in on a little secret? I hate the January transfer window. It's everything that's awful about modern football. It's it's consumerism run rampant. You know what it's like? You watch TV and it's, if you buy this car, you'll finally be happy. If you buy the bigger TV, your life will be a success. If you buy a goal scorer from a league you've never heard of, your team will finally win a championship. And that's the kind of thing I've got with the, with the January window. It's utterly meaningless. It doesn't matter if we go out and sign the world's fifth most expensive player or whoever he was last year in Coutinho and, and you know, a French left-back who will instantly improve us. It didn't exactly launch us up the table last year. And I don't think any additions would have really launched us up the table this year either. And it's one of those times where, quite luckily, I've stepped away from Twitter, I've stepped away from the online fan base because it's just all been a bit ridiculous. We've got a decent eleven. Unai Emery couldn't find players that would improve our squad. And so he decided not to improve the squad. And, and I think that's entirely fair. And I think the, the one comparison I keep leaning to, even though it's a bit of a weird one, is last year, Mikel Arteta was, was on the receiving end of a lot of pelters because he sold a lot of players and didn't replace them. And sure enough, this season, Arsenal are flying at the top of the league because he, he got rid of a lot of the, the dead wood in that squad and a lot of the... The, the kind of bad characters if they were in 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 the dressing room and and kind of created a clean slate that then meant they were able to start this season on an absolute flyer and and whilst I don't think that Unai Emery will have us topping the table this time next year I mean if he did God knows how how excited this pod would be but I you know I'm fine with it we've we've got enough players to put out on the pitch and we, we're not going down we're not making Champions League so I don't see what all the fuss is about, to be honest with you. No, I think it's this idea, isn't it, that you know, and you see, you see it. I mean, I did, I did scroll through a couple of times the the AVFC hashtag, which is a, which is a very interesting place indeed, and a, a lot of it is just you know tweets saying sign someone, anyone, <laughs> and you kind of think, you know. What what is it? I mean, I know I know transfer windows are, are a big deal, and a lot of people, for a lot of people, it's their main interest in football. You know, they're not actually interested in football matches; they're interested in 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 transfers and the football business. And it seems like a, a strange offshoot, really, which has has kind of been created by this kind of idea of having transfer windows previously. You could buy or sell players at any time up till about the middle of March, and then they they they'd close it down, and you know so people couldn't be buying players, you know, with with two weeks of the the season to go, you know. But I just think I just think it's a this really strange thing. It's 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 like Christmas, isn't it? You know, you want you want all your presents, and it's one of them where you kind of you know when sometimes you, you ask for a present and you get it before Christmas. You want a new jacket for the Christmas party, so you get it, you get it before Christmas, and then when you get nothing on Christmas morning, you're a bit a bit put out. You know, it's kind of, <laughs> and it's the same thing with deadline day. You know, you at the end of the day, we've we've had, you know, we have signed some some big players. We signed, as Craig says, Bubakar Kamara, who's one of the best, potentially one of the best midfielders in Europe. In the summer, we signed uh, Diego Carlos, who we've not really seen yet. He's he's he will be, you know, potentially like a new signing when he comes back, um, and and you know, obviously one or two others, and we've got players there that that you know the the the, the players who we signed to replace Grealish, you know, Buendia and Bailey, who are probably yet to really hit their hit their top form, you know, hopefully, um, so. Um, we have to kind of be a bit a bit patient, really, and and the, and the main thing is that it's it's Emery that's driving it. You know, it's not the club. That you know, the the talk is that the club were were quite prepared to back him, but he didn't see anything in the market um, that 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 made him think he'd he'd want to he'd want to do that. He's happy to wait till the summer and and do a bit of a, a hope, or possibly a bit of a re- remolding job in the summer, and and I think that's. 
I think that's sensible. I think if if we were if it, it, the fact that we are where we are on the points total we have, we're well clear of relegation. We're more towards the top. If we'd have been either, you know, a few places either side of where we are in the league, I think it might have been a bit different. They they might have thought, well, we have to we have to get reinforcements to to help the squad move away from the bottom three or or to solidify the European um, charge. But really, we're not in either race properly. So, you know, we, we need to um, yeah keep our powder dry. The other thing that I can't understand in terms of the, the hysteria that's gone on, and maybe maybe one of you very smart gentlemen will be able to explain it to me, is the hysteria around our our shallow depth. And this, to me, is the deepest squad in terms of quality that we've had since we've returned to the Premier League. I've just thrown into my Google machine uh, two years ago our squad, which finished 11th, and having a look at a, a, a 3-1 defeat we had at home to West Ham on uh, February 3rd, 2021, two years ago. So we finished 11th that season. Our bench that day was Tom Heaton, Bertrand Traore, Trezeguet, Marvellous, Bjorn Engels, Morgan Sanson... <laughs> Ahmed <laughs> Al-Mahamadi, Keenan Davis, and a very young and inexperienced Jacob Ramsey. Now, other than Tom Heaton, I wouldn't swap one of those players for our bench today. I'd certainly swap Heaton for Olsen, and, and I'd do that every day of the week, twice on Sunday. Our bench, potentially for Saturday's game against Leicester, is Olsen, McGinn, Duran, Traore, if he's fit enough, Coutinho, Callum Chambers, Luca Dean, Matt Cash, and Kane Kessler-Hayden. Those are miles apart. We have much more depth for me, in terms of quality for each position, two players in each position, than we've had at any point since we've been back in the Premier League and probably any point uh, prior to maybe even the Hulge years. So I am not seeing this major crisis that everyone else is seeing. So maybe one of you gents can explain it to me because I don't, I don't get it. No, I agree with you entirely. You can only field 11 players and it's not like we've got the Cups to worry about. We don't have Europe to worry about. We've got one game a week for the rest of the season and... We've got a squad who can handle that. And the other thing is, with fans bemoaning the window, we spent £30 million this window. We've gone and brought a left-back, who we needed, and one of the hottest striking prospects in the world, if you believe the, you know, the papers. We've not had a bad window. I mean, what did they want? Emery hanging out of a car window with Nico Kranschkar in the passenger seat at 11.30 on, on the evening with some guy in a yellow tie shouting through the window. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know. You can't sign players for the sake of signing players. We've, we've had a good window, as Craig said, more so in the fact of the players we've got out the door rather than the players we've got in. So why... Why kind of go out the frying pan and into the fire? Why replace dross with dross? If if good players weren't available or or weren't available at the prices you wanted them to, why sign them? I mean, it's we we've got a deep enough squad as Craig just said, and and we've got youth kicking around the club for for those emergency minutes. I mean, of course we could be on next week with four cruciate injuries, and we're worried about what the eleven would look like. But that's that's the kind of gamble you play as a manager. Yeah, and if if, if you, any team that has has that level of injuries. I mean, I've seen a lot of people talking, you know, what if Watkins and Bailey and whoever else get injured in the next game? And you think, well, that would be incredibly unlucky. And I think I think any team with any, you know, I think, I'm saying, you know, Chelsea would, would, <laughs> would probably find that, you know, annoying and difficult to cope with. Um, but it's, it's, um, it's more the it's it's this kind of agitation, isn't it, for for new things and new signings, and it's one of those it's it's one of those um, quick fixes um, that, that that supporters want. I mean, we'll talk we'll talk about the, the we'll go through the squad a little bit later on uh, in the show, but um, the main the main issue probably is 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 the is the striking issue, isn't it? And you know whether how well we function with without. Ollie Watkins potentially, but that's been the case ever since the boy signed. You know, he's 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 been the number one striker, and it's been unbearable without him. If he's missed any games, which he he doesn't do very often, touch wood, touch every little bit of wood next to me, because you know it's it's um he's he's he is he is pretty robust and he plays a lot of games. He hasn't we haven't got the cups, you know. 
But even if we'd assigned a striker, would he have played instead of Watkins? Are we going to sign a striker that's better than Watkins that replaces him and pushes Watkins to the bench? You know, it's well, no. it's just very unlikely. And all we're going to do is, I mean, a lot of people were annoyed that we didn't we didn't um, go in for Dembele for for three million from Leon. You know, but you know, this is we we don't know how he would adapt. You know, he's been playing in France, which you know is 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 not. Is, is not a league to the same standard of the Premier League. And prior to that, he played for Celtic and Fulham. So it's not he's not he's not the next big thing, is he? You know, he's been around. He's never really played for a huge club or a, you know an elite club, an elite team in Europe. So you know, it's um, it's strange. It's just that we want you know we want this. And what if this happens? And what if that happens? Well. You know, any club would struggle to to cope with a lot of injuries, wouldn't they? And injuries to their main players as well. I think you're right. And for all we know, Duran has come into training, been an absolute revelation, and and Emery likes the look of him and has said, no, we don't need another striker. We've got one right here who's ready to play. I mean, I'd be surprised if that's the case. But yeah, we've just signed a striker who needs minutes. Why go out and buy another striker who would you'd imagine want minutes on the pitch only for us to then we've talked quite a lot about us needing a a proper upgrade in that position then by the time we sign that upgrade in in january if we'd have brought a dembele for example and then in the summer we go and buy a tammy abraham or something we've suddenly got four top draw strikers that we don't know what to do with and we're back in the situation of of trying to move on a danny ings or earnings-esque player so i it's such a weird one because it's as you say, you, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If we have four massive injuries next week, we're bemoaning the manager for not signing players. But if we don't have injuries between now and the end of the season, Touchwood, he's a genius because he didn't waste money on players we didn't need. Another thing is, talking about the squad depth, is our young players, our much-vaunted uh, young players. Now, I appreciate that some of the top prospects are on loan, uh, Tim Orogbunum, Archer, etc. But Aston Villa won the FA Youth Cup two years ago in 2021 here we are in 2023 and not one of those players has had a run in the team not one not one of them has had any kind of chance Kessler Hayden hasn't Bogard Swinkles Revan Lindley Reiki Chokwomenka obviously had a cup of coffee uh, and now is at Chelsea Chris N is is up uh, Louis Barry's never had a sniff Brad Young's never had a sniff so also at some point you have to have some kind of pathway for, for these players. And I'm not necessarily saying that they are Premier League uh, starters, but we also, we don't know until you give them a chance. And having an, an injury crisis could be the way that we, we discover that one of our players is ready. That We're never going to know how ready they are until they get an opportunity. And now at least, if there are some injuries in the, in the forward part of the field, I do think we're, we're well stocked on the rest of the pitch. Maybe there's an opportunity here for for one of those young players to come in and have and for us to have a look at them. We've got a very exciting guy on the bench um, in 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 Caden Young hasn't had a sniff either. So we can't have it both ways. <laughs> we can't lord all this wonderful youth system and you know all these prospects coming through. The only reason we have a Jacob Ram- Ramsey now, who's probably a forty million pound player, is because Dean Smith decided that. <laughs> You know, Ross Barkley got injured and Dean Smith decided to play Ramsey. And Ramsey wasn't very good when he first started playing, if you remember. And Dean Smith stuck with him anyway. And now he's, you know, he's blossoming into that butterfly. Can we have but, a quick... Oh, sorry, Craig. No, no. That, that, I mean, that's, that's, that, that's the major point. Let's give some youth a chance as well if we do get injuries. But we may not even get injuries. It's only 18 games to go. I mean, it's a sound point. And can we just have a quick word for Chuck Wamanka, who left Villa because he wasn't getting enough minutes, goes to Chelsea and is now behind a laundry list of attacking midfielders. <laughs> I think they've got an entire American football team in front of him. And I'm not sure the lad's ever going to play again in, in kind of Chelsea colours. So just uh, just one of those warning signs that should always be flashed up to young players before they make a move as the grass isn't always greener out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's... Um... We will. Um, some, we'll talk about someone who we had moved on, and we thought we'd maybe seen the back of, um, and that's Bertrand Triore. And I think, um, I think Craig, you might have called this one. Uh, <laughs> well, on well, well. Podcast, maybe even last week. You know, the uh, the said so he's been recalled. The uh, Burkina Faso winger has returned from his loan at Istanbul. Uh, 
Bezek Sahir. I've been practicing that name and I <laughs> messed it up. Um, he's been back at, at, at Bodymore Heath apparently for some treatment for an injury, um, and he's still possibly a couple of weeks away. Um, had a really impressive season under Dean Smith two years ago in the in the behind closed doors season, um, but barely featured last season really due to injury before being completely discarded by um, Stephen Gerrard in the summer. Um, fans seem generally quite pleased to see him back. I know you guys are, are pretty pleased as well. Um, so how do you how, how do you feel about it? And in terms of um, what he offers and maybe what Emery's methods could, could add to his game, potentially? What you have in Bertrand Traore is a maverick. He is a wizard. He has unbelievable moments of skill and he also combines those inexplicably with unbelievable moments of, of, of ridiculous uh, poor quality. Uh, he can pull a ball out from the sky, beat three men, and then uh, blaze a pass and, and, and miss his intended target by 20 yards. And then you're just kind of <laughs> curious as to as to as to why that is. But we've seen him score big goals. He scored against Chelsea. The finish against West Brom in that three uh, 0 win lives long in the memory. And he's got a few of those. So in terms of talent, there's no question that this man has the talent to make an impact at this level. In terms of application, we have to ensure that we 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 play to his strengths. I always said that he's not a right winger. He shouldn't be on the wing. I don't think it's where it's he's suited. Through the middle is where he had the most success of his career uh, for Leon, And now it seems like we might see him through the middle again. And again, it's a wonderful talent. You do sometimes question his application. But if there's anyone that can perhaps coerce the talent into into a consistent, um, beautiful player. It's it's Unai Emery. I'm pleased that he's back. I I, I think he's worth another look. And again, this is this is a big signing for Aston Villa, 17 million pounds, and and it's worth giving another go. We we can't just throw away these guys. I think Craig's right. I, I think he's more of a backup striker than a right winger. It's I think his time at Leon when he was prolific as a striker probably matches up when Emery was at PSG. Sort of had an up close look at him there and. And why not give him another run in the team? He was unfairly treated by Gerard, if you ask me. And and I think we're unpicking some of Gerard's mistakes in in recalling some of the wide players that he jettisoned out the squad. But to be honest with you, the thing I'm most happy about is I think he's the natural successor to to Craig's beautiful baby boy. I think Craig's got a soft spot for Traore, <laughs> and I'm I'm looking forward to the weeks of of waxing lyrical over the one <laughs> glorious moment in 90 minutes that we see from Traore. But he's right; I, he's a frustrating player to watch. But if he wasn't, he'd be at a top four club. Like wingers who don't mess up are not cheap, and they don't come to Aston Villa. And it's oh, well, not yet anyway. So. And do you know what? I'm glad to see him back. He's exactly the kind of player that if we'd have signed him fresh, we'd have said was a good signing because he can play up front, he can play on the right, he's unpredictable and he just needs a good manager to unlock his potential. But because we're recalling him from loan, he's, you know, we're seemingly overlooking all that potential that we've got. It's like, you know, Homes Under the Hammer or, you know, one of those <laughs> TV shows where they rifle through your cupboards for an antique that you didn't know was worth money. <laughs> And I mean, that's exactly what we've done. Emery's rifled through the cupboards and he's found like some dusty old candy stick, uh, candlesticks that are worth a I think you've fortune. got Dion Dublin and David but, uh, Dickinson mixed up there, Dan. I think I have. Course, yeah. Although maybe Dion should be on bargain hunt. I'd be on board for Dion doing that. <laughs> My goodness, you know who, who, who the people are that are at home during the day blimey yeah yeah I'm revealing a lot about my lifestyle there am I a couple of the the, the two self-employed lads yeah (laughs) but anyway Dion Dublin blimey okay um but yeah, I, I I think in in addition to that, I think I think you're right. I think and I think if we'd have signed a player, if we were signing a winger, stroke striker who we knew had had a Premier League season two years ago, and scored seven goals with with six assists, I think I think we'd be pretty pretty optimistic, wouldn't we? And we'd be sort of saying, yeah, where did we pluck this one from? This looks like a great signing. And the fact is, I mean, he scored some terrific goals as well. He's he he's he's a very entertaining player to watch, and he 
he missed a couple which would have been sort of goal of the season contenders as well, which um, I think yeah. Grealish had a habit of doing that, running the length of the field and then smashing it at the goalkeeper. But, He's um, also hit the woodwork yeah. twice and missed four big chances, according to his Premier League page. But right, Ooh, but yeah. you're right with the, those numbers, by the way, Andy. You've just said there, seven goals and six assists in his first season for Aston Villa. Let me tell you now, Coutinho hasn't got anything like those numbers in his year at Aston Villa. Buendia, our record signing, hasn't got anything like those numbers in his first year at Aston Villa. Leon Bailey, a £30 million signing, has not got anything like those numbers in his first year at Aston Villa. So, yeah, maybe maybe we can all put a little bit more respect on old Bertie's name. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And that was a season when he would have been a bit in and out the side as well, to be fair. I mean, I know Dean Smith did favour him, but he did have Trezeguet, who he, who he had at the start of the season initially. And then, obviously sort of Al Ghazi later on who 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 had a had a tremendous season <laughs> after being completely frozen out. But um yeah I'm 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 pretty pleased. It was it was one of those when it when it was announced I was kind of thinking, oh my goodness, you know, how how bad can things get? And then um I when I having thought about it for, for, for longer than five minutes, I thought, well actually this makes a ton of sense and actually um he improves our options undoubtedly. When you without Traore, you look at the bench, and although, like Craig, you mentioned, you know it's a strong bench. There aren't many game changers on there. You know, obviously Coutinho should be a game changer, but he doesn't change games when he comes on. And um, you know, we haven't really we don't know about John Duran, do we? So we we don't know exactly how he's gonna how he's gonna settle in. But Traoré, we kind of know roughly what we're getting. You know, a bit of chaos, a bit of a bit of madness at the end of the game, and a, and, and and someone that's going to that's going to test defend defenses and going to keep keep defenses honest. So that's what I like. But yeah, he I could see him ending up being a, a first choice starting up front with uh, with Ollie Watkins, and I think that'll be. There's a lot of potential there. I'm I'm quite excited about that. All of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> He's physical too. Yeah. Remember, he's. Uh, you say we've got a lot of of tidy technical players. We don't have that many direct runners, and he, he's certainly direct, and he's quite a big lad. So I, I'm with you, Andy. I can see him and Watkins forming quite a tidy little partnership. And if they don't, we haven't lost anything. We were probably going to sell him anyway. But at least we've had a look at him and given him another shot. Why did Troyore find his way into this kind of figure of fun category amongst some Villa fans? What did he? Did I miss something? Did I know he had an injury plague season? Um, the season after he broke through, but did, did, did why is he seen as some kind of booby prize by some people? Because I, I don't, I don't understand. Again, I think it's the, a symptom of the Gerard era. It's the same with Trezeguet and El Ghazi, who you know we always come back to them on this podcast, seemingly. But imagine those two in an Emery system; it would be it would be deadly. But uh, I think it's the Gerard thing. He seemed to turn wingers into pariahs, and we we seem to think all these great wide players we got were useless, and we should get rid of them as soon as possible. But I, we had a lot of potential in Traore, and yeah, he, he had an injury ravaged season. But as Andy, you were saying, his Premier League numbers are really good, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him come in and and put a few past teams that that probably take him as lightly as some of our fans are doing right now. Yeah, I think I think there's there's possibly something to do with the fact as well that we we kind of we were always looking to go to that that next level and I wonder whether Bertrand Traore fell into the category of 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 players that are kind of almost stepping stone players a bit like Trezeguet, a bit like El Ghazi and other players that we could probably mention and that he's kind of there whilst we get to the place where we want to get to and then we're going to sign better players. Do you see what I mean? So he's not a serious kind of option or he wasn't. He was just a player that we could get at that point, you know, when we were, when we, as as part of the building process. And I wonder whether whether that's got something to do with, 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 um, with that kind of, that kind of attitude towards him. But, you know, for, for me, I mean, you know, if it's a choice between recalling him now or spending a load on someone like um, Nico Williams or, or or whoever, who we don't know, he's only 20, we don't know what kind of player he's going to be. Um, 
I'd rather stick with Traore for now and see see how things look in the summer. It is a weird one because you don't you don't become a Premier League footballer by being lazy, do you? It's such an odd. We tend to throw it around as football fans quite a lot, but it's just not a thing that happens as a football fan as a football player. You can't make it to the top whilst being lazy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's also a, a, a bunch of wonderful free transfers available um, in the summer. There's there's a, there's a lot of very interesting players available um, that could potentially be Kamara Mark II. And if and if Villa wanted to do that, then it, then 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 as I've long advocated for, it always made sense for us to bring back some of our own players rather than spunking a bunch of money up the wall on waste of time players, as I've characterised them, like. Augustinson and Bednarek because that costs money we're paying loan fees we're paying wages to 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 a couple of to a couple of guys to, to make up the numbers when we have people already under our Aston Villa magical claret and blue umbrella and um I, I suppose my only regret with Traore is that we didn't get the Wesley announcement I was waiting for afterwards just to say that he'd been recalled till the end of the season <laughs> um the old romantic in me just feels like Wesley deserves a Premier League start for Aston Villa before he moves on with the rest of his career, just to say that he came back and he did it um, after Ben Ben Mee uh, killed killed his career. But maybe I'm too romantic. Yeah, I, I, I think part of the problem is is Gerard's utter disregard of wide players. He seemed to jettison a few actually very decent wide players in Trezeguet, El Ghazi and Traore, all of which I think would be absolutely shining under Emery. So... I think maybe that's the case, or maybe it's something else. But we've got a good player there. I really do think we do. And if we don't have a good player there, then we sell him like we were going to do anyway. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Um, but we'll, I think what we'll do, we'll we'll we'll, we'll go through the um, have a look at the squad now in the different areas, um, defence, midfield, and, and and attack, and just just have a look at, at where we stand really. Um, I'm not going to talk about the goalkeepers because that's open and shut case. Um, if Martinez gets injured, then we are very much um, in in the mud, aren't we? Um, but um, <laughs> Martinez getting injured is a bigger problem than Watkins getting injured. Let me just say that right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we, so we know where we're at with that. Um, but the defence. I mean, Kesler Hayden obviously came back from his loan um, and hasn't been out hasn't been sent out again, which I'm, I was quite surprised, but he presumably will be around the squad now. We have, um, obviously, Matt Cash and, and Ashley Young in the right-back positions. Uh, Luca Dean and Marino, Moreno, sorry, cover left-back after, obviously, Augustinson has, has, has gone to Real Mallorca. I mean, it's not a bad move, really, is it? <laughs> From Birmingham to, to Mallorca. <laughs> Um, Augustinson's agent I need to get in touch with because he's some kind of he's some kind of miracle worker. He may need to put hands on me and and, and cure my knee injury. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I I quite liked what I saw of Augustinson, but he was never going to be a regular, um, was he? Um, there were some rumours about Chambers going as well um, on deadline day, but obviously he's he's staying, providing some cover for Mings and, and Conza with Diego Carlos obviously due back imminently hopefully from injury and the the lesser spotted Courtney Hawes um is apparently back in the building um after some issues with with his his loan to Watford um not really sure what's going on there um so we're, we're quite well stocked at the back and Carlos and Carlos and, and Kessler Hayden coming back and Moreno coming in do you think we've actually possibly improved our defensive options during January Craig Definitely, and I think that that Kessler Kessler Hayden, I would actually argue, is probably a midfield option in in a Emery system. I think he would be potentially one of the wide players on the right hand side. I think he's certainly more um, suitable for that role than Matty Cash, just because his delivery is better and he's he's probably a little bit more has a little bit more composure in those in those in those final third areas, as we have sometimes seen, gentlemen, Matty Cash just smash the ball <laughs> with all his might rather than uh, caressing it like you might a lover. Anyway, <laughs> um, so Kessler Hayden, I would say, would move more towards midfield. I would imagine that he would have had loads of takers, so I'm assuming that he has stayed in the building because Emery l- likes the cut of his jib. So that's good. Nothing wrong with him being around the, the first team. Um, 
I think that the, 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 the competition at all over the fence is very, very good. Diego Carlos coming back in. Uh, Courtney Horse, I think there's there's an article in The Athletic about that, which you can read about. Uh, it's a long story that I won't get into here, but basically Courtney Horse wants some kind of treatment for his knee injury. Watford and Villa want a different kind of treatment for his injury. And the PFA are now involved to mediate. So uh, you can read about that on The Athletic if you are a Courtney Horse uh, uh, enthusiast. But the exciting person that we're all waiting for is Diego Carlos because this was an exciting summer signing that we were all looking forward to seeing. This is the the equivalent of a ball-playing centre-half. And just the question is with him... We, we 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 spoke earlier about Wesley and, and and devastating injuries. That's the big question with Carlos. The golden question is: Is he going to be able to come back to the level that he was at before? And if so, it could be a very interesting um, addition to the team because he really is a ball playing centre back, and he could be absolutely imperious in an Emery system. Yeah, I think Carlos can be top draw for us but I still think it's too early even if he's back in training it's one of those injuries you need a long time to get over and and I'd be surprised if we see him get regular minutes before the end of the season I think he's he's just there to make up ballast but if there's any part of the pitch that I'm not worried about it's at defense it's one part of the pitch you don't really want to chop and change every week you want to settle back for don't you and we've got more than enough cover there for injuries and it's we're not going to see much rotation there so I think we're well stocked. And and in the worst kind of emergencies, don't forget that Dendonka has played centre-back for Belgium. Not that that's exactly a, a feather in his cap these days, but it's he can go there if we need him. So I, I'm perfectly comfortable with what we've got at the back going into the end of the season. And and dare I say it, the, the Consul-Mings partnership is looking back to its best. So why would you want to mess that up? Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll whisper it quietly. Um... <laughs> Uh, situation there for those two, isn't it? But uh, I mean, they they they're a good partnership. They've they've played together a lot of times now. They know each other's game inside out, and it's almost a shame if Carlos did come back and, and was up to speed really quick. Then it'd almost be a shame to 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 split that partnership up. But I can see I can foresee a a time where where maybe Konza does shift to right back in in that system. You know, we know that Emery doesn't like two 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 fullbacks to to bomb on. Um, it tends to be the left back that that he's a bit more kind of forward thinking. And Ashley Young has has, has at times been playing as you know a right sided um, defender in the, in a back three. So um, that's that that tends to be the case. And and Konza can can do that. With it, with his eyes closed, in, in my opinion, I think he's that's that's almost ideal for him with with uh, Mings and, and Carlos um, in the middle. So we'll see how that goes. Obviously, it's it's Ashley Young's shirt at the minute, isn't it? Which uh, long may it continue? Because I'm 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 loving watching him playing for Villa every week. I just think he's 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 absolute top draw. He is absolutely top drawer, and it's really interesting because I I've seen when Matt Cash has filled in there under Emery he almost has to temper those instincts to go bombing forward because uh, he doesn't like, Emery doesn't like his 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 guy, his right back to really cross the halfway line too much. So that could be a perfect combination with with, with Konza um, there as a really solid defender, uh, good in the air as well. And, um, and with Mings and Carlos, perhaps they could all play together. But again, as you say, Ashley Young uh, is, is, is like a fine wine and we're all enjoying the... Uh, we're all enjoying the taste, the berries. It's also, great. the opportunity now that, that we're worried about squad depth to play Ashley Young, Caden Young, and Bradley Young in the same team, which I'm, I'm here <laughs> for. I'm, I'm fully on board for. Yeah, let's just throw them in there just for the jokes. Maybe if we've qualified for the Europa League with one game to go, we can. Uh, <laughs> we can I know you're half serious there, uh, Daniel, but actually, if you needed someone to do a job in that kind of number 10 role, um, Ashley Young can certainly. Could certainly play there, I think, um, with some with some distinction. Yeah, I think that's I think that's that's very true. Um, so pretty good, pretty looking pretty strong in defence, really. Um, midfield, obviously, we we've got uh, Kamara and Douglas Louise who have formed a a really tidy looking partnership um, in the midfield with uh, Dendonka there as 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 cover for them. Um, John McGinn is returning. He's he's back training with the, the first team, so he should be available for the weekend as well. Um, and we've got obviously Jacob Ramsey, Emmy Buendia, 
um, and McGinn who who kind of occupy those those wide areas of that that sort of box midfield. Um, obviously, Nakamba's gone, Sanson's gone, um, but they weren't really realistic options for Emery at, at this stage anyway. So, how how do you think the midfield's looking, and and do we have to think change the way we view our midfield? the options and the, the shape of it and everything in, in, in Emery's kind of new style. We do. And and I'm, I, again, I'm throwing Kane Kessler-Hayden in as one of the midfield uh, wider options. I think that double pivot, the central midfield partnership that we've seen with Kamara and Louise is the best we've had for many, many years at Aston Villa. And you don't want to touch that um, if, if you can avoid it. Obviously, barring um, injuries or suspensions, you imagine those two are going to start each and every week in, in, in that central midfield berth. And then it's really up for grabs for the other spots. Uh, Ramsey and McGinn are competing. Buendia is competing. Coutinho doesn't look like a starter anymore, which is a sad thing to say for a talented player who's also our <laughs> highest paid player, um, that he can't start really. Uh, and, and, and obviously you have Traore who can play wide. If you need to, Bailey can play wide. Caden Young can play wide. We saw Reiki uh, play wide I think again in the preseason kind of mini preseason win uh, against Chelsea so again a potential for one of those FA uh, Youth Cup winners to to compete in in the 18 games remaining but you think the key there is really you almost don't care what what else is happening in the midfield I just want to see Louise and Kamara and I think we'll be okay yeah, I think uh, Daniel Story in the eye paper said that Louise and Kamara were the best midfield partnership outside the top six, which is is heady praise. And obviously, the likes of Sanson and and Nakamba leaving is it makes you worry about squad depth. But I had a little look at the numbers, and Sanson has played ten Premier League minutes so far this season, and Nakamba's played none. So it's not like we're we're losing two workhorses of the team, and we can't replace those minutes. They, they were making up the numbers as it is. So it's another area I don't feel too bad about. And, and Andy, as you say, McGinn, I think, is a wide player in Emery's system. Ramsey, too. And we look well-stocked across there. The, the problem is the lack of game-changers with Coutinho not, not being the Coutinho we thought we were buying. But maybe Emery can unlock him and, and we get him coming from the bench. But... But like Craig, I think I'm most excited about Caden Young and the idea that he might get a little run of, of kind of games from the bench for us. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because that 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 box midfield, I think, has thrown a lot of people in terms of what we're expecting and 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 the kind of the kind of lineups we're seeing really. And I know Emery's talked about wanting wanting a winger, wanting a wide player. Um you know, but I'm not sure where where wingers like that fit in 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 this system really. Um, I was really keen on the, the the idea of McGinn playing on that right side and cutting in um, and helping those midfield two a lot, and I, I thought that worked really well. And then with Buendia on the other side, kind of he's also kind of cutting in and being more of a number ten, and then Bailey drifts out wide, and I think I think that looks. That that was working really well before McGinn got injured, and then it kind of it, it got a bit confused then about where, you know, how they how they kind of cover that and 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 kind of deal with that, and it'd be great to see McGinn come back and and continue that form if he can, um, but obviously that you know with Ramsey there as well, and it's it's a difficult team to get into all of a sudden, isn't it for 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 these players? But that's all good, you know. We want that that kind of. Um, that kind of competition. The thing I would say about Camera and, uh, and and Douglas Louise is we need to keep it as quiet as we can because, <laughs> um, you know, I can see bids coming in for both of those in the in the summer. You know, no no doubt. You know, they'll be, you know, I think teams falling over themselves to get those players because they're they're so good on the ball and they and they you know so experienced now at such a young age, particularly Louise. So. Um, you know that's uh, something to something to watch, and maybe a secret we need to keep to ourselves. This is the thing. I, I've I've heard of it. It's too late for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The secret's out. <laughs> I already read an article. I forget where it was. Um, where which said all the top team scouts are, are already watching Kamara every week at, 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 in the Aston Villa games. They're already they're already there, yeah. and 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 while they're there, they'll. 
hopefully notice the beautiful Swede on the bench who they can snap up for £10 million <laughs> and keep it their goalkeeping dream. But yes, um, I think it might be too late for that, Andy. I think the uh, the, 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 the alligators have, have, have smelt the chum in the water. That's a mixed metaphor, but you know what I mean. It's also a, a, a kind of hats off to the Villa recruitment team, who we've we've got a lot to malign in the, the signs of Coutinho and, and some of the the worst parts of the the Grealish replacement. But in, in Louise and Kamara, they they identified two young midfielders that no one else was really particularly after, and went out of their way to pick them up, give them games, and have transformed them into top draw centre backs. We're we're doing a little bit of the Brightons, and and if we can keep doing that and find players so that we can sell Kamara when a top four club comes in and, and just shoehorn another player straight in there and and take the profit, I'd be very happy to see us do that. Well, that, that's the Brighton trick is. Sorry, sorry, Andy. They've already got them signed, yeah. and they're already playing development football, and they're already in and around the squad. So um, we're not we're not quite there yet, unless unless there's a secret uh, defensive midfield dynamo in 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 the uh, in the Aston Villa changing they're, room. They're waiting to come in, and it's. Well, that well, well, that's something that does make make things a bit easier, doesn't it? Because undoubtedly, I, I can't envisage a, a a scenario where he isn't. Um, with the first team next season, he has to be. He's had such a good season at, at QPR, um, and that's to me that's 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 good enough now. I think he's ready. I think he should be around the squad and getting game time. Ne- you know, come next season, I think one of the benefits of of signing Gwendozi would have been to guard against you know being you know losing a player like Kamara, for example, is probably the most likely one and and. Um, you know, and then scrapping around trying to find a replacement. You've already got a guy there who's who's top draw, so you know that would have been nice. But maybe maybe that's one that they they will look at in the summer. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll wait and see. But yeah, I think the midfield's looking pretty good as well. I'm I'm pretty happy. And as you like, as we as we said before, as you go through this, you realise that actually we haven't lost an awful lot of squad depth what we've done is 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 reduced the bloating in the squad um with those lone players going and and obviously Sanson the Camber and, and people like that you know sort of not not around the, the the place now um and hopefully they'll 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 do well on their loans so um yeah pr- pretty good but the the forwards is is maybe a little bit more concerning obviously we've got we've got Buendia um, Phil Coutinho, Traore now, um, Bailey and Caden Young as the kind of deep attacking or wide options. Um, and Ollie Watkins and John Duran are the only two sort of senior strikers um, in, in quote marks um, at the club. Although obviously Bailey and, and Traore can both play that sort of second striker role. Um, this appears to be the main area of the pitch where, where fans are most concerned. Um, the importance of Watkins staying fit can't be underestimated. But are you are you concerned about the lack of depth and the and the options in this area, Craig? Yeah, you do you you do worry what happens if if Watkins does get injured. But you do also know that Watkins is Touchwood, one of the most durable players that we've really ever had in that position. Very seldom injured. He is like a he's like Universal Soldier out there. <laughs> as an old reference for you. And um, so, so you'd, you're less worried. Obviously, if it were the other way around, let's say we'd sold Ollie Watkins to um, West Ham, and Danny Ings was now going to be the striker. You know, I would say there is not a cat's chance in hell that Danny Ings is going to get through 18 games, 19 minutes every week, 90 minutes every week, because we know he has uh, chronic chronic knee issues, which have just flared up, unfortunately, for West Ham on his on his debut. But oh, oh well, Danny, I wish you all the best. And um, yeah, so that that's the only concern, but it is mitigated by Watkins' durability. However, uh, I have seen from Ashley Priest in the in the Birmingham Mail uh, that apparently uh, Duran has been very impressive in training. Now I don't know if that's just you know nonsense that the club put out to make things feel nicer, or if it's real. But either way, we, we're going to see him sooner rather than later. We also have Troyore back, who's, who's who's in full fitness. We know that Coutinho and Buendia can both play as one of those front two. Also, Ashley Younger plays those one, one of those front two. And would it be the worst thing in the world 
if we do have an injury or two, to have Brad Young coming on for the last 20 minutes, run himself around. Is that that disastrous? No. It, you know, we're going to be okay is the main thing. Um, so it's also some good exposure for him. And, and, and Brad Young has, has done well for us at youth level. And um, and I'm sure he's not going to disgrace himself or embarrass himself if if he gets the call eventually. So I'm not too worried about it. I do believe that there's, there's, there's goals in this Emory team. People are saying, where's the goals coming from? Well, we, we score goals every week. Emory does not take charge of nil-nil games. We've scored against everybody he's played, including Liverpool, where we lost, including Stevenage, where we lost, and including Man United, where we lost. Even the cup games, we score goals in. So I'm not really worried about scoring goals because, again, in Emory's system, it's the system that scores and creates the goals, not the players. The players are almost incidental in some ways to to Emery's overall system. Unlike Stephen, I just need a moment of magic. Gerard, it's a little bit of a different thing. So I'm not worried about the forwards. I'm not worried about goals. And again, I do think we have enough depth. If Brad Young rocks up on the bench, I'm not going to be weeping into my Cheerios. Yeah, I think I quite like Craig's point there about the system. Is I've got a little mantra I keep saying to myself when I'm worried about Villa these days, which is that in Unai we trust. And and it's because of the system. I think you could throw one of us three in there and we'd probably be all right for a goal on a weekend. It's you know, we'd run around for five minutes and probably <laughs> get one bouncing in off of us. But we've got a great manager who knows what he's doing. If he didn't find a striker out there that that he thought would improve this team, then fine. No, no point going out and buying one. If we don't sign one in the summer, I'll be a lot more concerned. But right now, there's no point going out and getting a warm body, especially if we've got John Duran, who looks like he's up for it. We didn't sign him to warm the bench or to play under 21 football. If he's ready to be launched straight into that first team, let's bring him on for half an hour here and there or 20 minutes here and there. It's it's the perfect time to do it. So, yeah, I'm again, I'm not too worried. It's weird when you, on the surface of it, not signing anyone, you're worried about the squad depth. But when you actually go through it, and I know, Andy, you dropped something on our group chat, which is a kind of squad lip list with with their understudies. And, you know, we're actually pretty well stocked until the end of the season. And, and I think it's the same up front as it is everywhere else on the pitch. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. John Duran is... I've I've been thinking about this when when we signed Ben Teke for was it a third of the transfer fee we're going to end up paying for this lad. Um, no one said he's only nineteen. He's a development player. We can't we can't possibly rely on this guy. People wanted him in the team, and I know that was a possibly a he was that much further along maybe in his development. He'd obviously played in Europe and and, and that sort of thing, but. You know, he he was he was very much an option for the here and now, and that's how it proved as well. He obviously had his that season was his best season he ever had um, in the Premier League. So, um, I find it I find it quite strange, and we we might get to the summer and think, well, actually, we don't need. You know, we have this. We have John Duran, who's a good. He's 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 a he's a great striker. We. We we don't know how it's going to go, and that's that might be putting too much too much expectations on him. But he's going to be he's going to be there, and if he's good enough, um, he'll take his opportunity. Um, I think he's old enough. I think when you're nineteen twenty, you you need to be looking to to be playing first team football by that stage. Otherwise, if you're going out on loan still, um, you know you you you're perhaps not going to make it at that level just yet. So. Um, I've, you know, I'm, 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 I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm putting pressure on. I'm saying, you know, come, come <laughs> to the party, show us what you've got. You know, I don't expect him to be the finished article, of course, but I expect him to be up to a certain level because we paid up to sort of eighteen million pounds for him. So I expect him to be reasonably good. You know. <laughs> Yeah, why not? <laughs> I think that the great thing was with with Benteke as well is we we actually had Darren Bent there yeah. as the starter at the time, and Benteke literally just bulldozed him out of the way. And next thing we know, Darren Bent was on loan at Derby. I think so. Um, you know, maybe a similar thing will happen to to Ollie Watkins. Maybe we're spending all this time fawning over Ollie Watkins. Maybe Duran's going to elbow him out of the way, uh, seize that number nine spot, and go on to get poached by Liverpool in in, in eighteen months. Who knows? 
things. And then get injured and end up at Palace and then at MLS. <laughs> it's, it would go to full circle. But I think yeah. it's interesting, Andy, what you say about players being ready at 19 and 20. And I think the really the interesting thing for me is that despite the lack of numbers, we're happy for Cameron Archer to go out and loan to the championship while we're bringing in another 19-year-old. And, and much as, as I know you love Cameron Archer, Andy, and we all do actually, I think we all want to see him do well. I think that maybe says a little bit about what we can expect from Cameron Archer moving forwards is that he's not the finished article or we don't think he's Premier League ready. Whereas John Duran, we've spent money on, we've brought him in, he's gone in the squad. So he is ready. And oh God, if he's even half the player Benteke was, then then we're on to a winner. And and I think when we brought Benteke, I don't think anyone had really heard about him. He was a bit of a an unknown quantity and we it was a, an odd signing and he turned out to be brilliant. And we just need... You know, we're due another kind of gold dust signing who comes out of nowhere to be spectacular for us. So, so why isn't it going to be this lad? Yeah, we did try and repeat the trick a year later with Libor Kozak, didn't we? <laughs> didn't, oh, didn't, Kozak didn't, didn't quite go, didn't quite go to plan. But bless him, but he had a bless bad Libor. Injury. He got a horrible injury, didn't he, Libor yeah, Kozak? He and, did. and it all went wrong for him. He was probably a what is it player. with Villa strikers and horrible oh, injuries? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So we, we we're not feeling too bad then about the about the front areas really either are we and you know it seems to be um you know it's like we say when you go through it when you look at it logically suddenly having a bit of a blank transfer window doesn't doesn't really matter too much and the fact is that we are in a good position and we are playing well and winning games at the moment so you know we're probably it's 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 ripe for this sort of you know fallow window isn't it You've made a critical error there, Andy, though, by thinking logically about Aston Villa. I mean, that'll never do. That That's your problem right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I did say earlier that, um, you know, we, 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 can have a, we can have a good team on the pitch or a, a, a sort of nice um, progressive moral attitude off it, and uh, but need, not, not both at the same time. But I'm sort of alluding to the situation with the sponsors that we're going to be having uh, there, but we won't get into that now because uh, that's perhaps for another time. But if you want to read about that, by the way, um, go and subscribe to James Rushton's excellent um, uh, newsletter, The House of V, which um, there's an, there's a, he's done an article about the transfer window and the new sponsors, which has come out today. So go and check that out. It's, uh, it's always a good read with James Rushton. Um, best, best Villa writer on the patch, in my opinion. But, um, but we'll get on to Leicester at home. Um, Leicester have been on another diabolical run since the World Cup. Really poor form. Um, last time out, they drew two-two with Brighton, which is their best result. They'd lost every every other league game since the World Cup. Um, they've been better, obviously, in the in the cups. They beat beat Warsaw very narrowly last weekend, one nil. Um, quite an un- unconvincing performance and struggled in front of goal. Um, but Villa have had two weeks off to rest up. And allow time for Luca Dean and John McGinn, etc., to return from from injuries and 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 so on. Uh, Bertrand Troyer, I I don't think will be will be ready for this this game, but John Duran is expected to be involved in the squad. With Man City and Arsenal coming up next, this feels like a great opportunity to take to take more points and keep the pressure on the, on those above us. Um, but how do you see Emery setting up for this one, Craig? Well, we know the formation. We probably know the starting eleven more or less as well. Um, I would imagine Moreno will continue. Uh, Dean uh, waking, working his way back from injury. Uh, another afternoon getting splinters in his backside for Matty Cash. And I think we'll see an unchanged team. It's a, it's a winning team, and it's um, it's it's obviously going very well. Five wins in seven is nothing to sniff at. I actually watched Leicester against. Um, Warsaw and they they laboured somewhat. So we know War, we know that Leicester have um, have some 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 threats. Tielemans a very good player. Uh, Vardy, although he's coming to the uh, to the to the end of his of his football days, still has a sting in the tail. Ianacho loves a goal against the Villa. And James Madison, although talk about a sick note, poor old James Madison. I don't know if he's fit or not fit, but um, he may be nearing nearing a return. And he's obviously always a dangerous player. So we have to be wary. We can't be complacent. But Leicester are 
really not what they were. They've really made some poor choices in the transfer window uh, in recent years and, and gone from top four contenders to real mid-table mediocrity. So I'm I'm hoping that we can we can we can line up as we did line up before and we can we can we can push them forward and and with 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 the likes of uh, Durant coming off the bench with McGinn back fit again, Dina fat back fit again. Hopefully we also won't have two goalkeepers on the bench and people can all take a breath and calm down. <laughs> I actually don't expect to... Uh, I, I actually, yeah, an unchanged side, I think, makes the most sense. But I've got a nagging feeling that Duran plays. I don't know why. I just feel like it's a good game to parachute him into. Uh, Bailey hasn't been firing. Leicester are there for the taking. Home crowd. I don't know. Maybe it's wishful thinking. But I was chatting to a friend of mine who's a Leicester fan, and he is not a happy camper at the moment. He expects them to be to be soundly thrashed, I think, at Villa Park, as, as I do. I think this is a game we should go out there and a little bit of a statement win, and and I, I'd be glad to see it because they're not a good side right now. And I think Craig's point about them, a few bad transfers and look where it's got them, should probably be a little little footnote on our transfer window for the fans who are calling out for us to sign anyone, is sometimes signing the wrong players is, is as detrimental to not signing the right ones. But... I'd, I'd forgotten, to be honest with you, Andy, that we have Arsenal and City coming up until you'd put it in the notes. And I read it, and my default Villa reaction is is terror and fear that we're suddenly going to be thrashed. That was certainly the case in recent years. But and then I reminded myself, we've got Unai Emery in charge, and I actually, I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared about City or Arsenal. I actually quite fancy us going into those games, which is a an incredibly odd situation to be in as a Villa fan. And I'm sure we'll completely change in a couple of weeks time when we've been been had it handed to us by City but I don't know I, I don't look at any team in the league right now and and feel like we won't give them a game and that we can't snatch something out of it yeah I know what you mean it is it is like that obviously you know Gerard had a had a dreadful record didn't he against anyone above us and, and some teams below us as well and um you know, they are just that. Like you say, it's that default position, isn't it? We, you know, we need to win this game because we're going to lose the next two. And actually, it might not be the case. Um, we got, a, albeit under Stephen Gerrard, we did get a really good draw against Man City at, at Villa Park. Um, unlucky, perhaps not to nick it uh, as well. Um, but we got soundly, soundly beaten um, at Arsenal, didn't we? And they look a they look a relentless force at the moment. Um, but I mean, Leicester quite the opposite. The problem is, as 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 Craig said, they've got those guys that can turn it on. Harvey Barnes is another one who I mm. I would love to see him at Aston Villa because he's so direct and so dangerous um, in the right in the right team. Um, and he only needs he, he you know he scores goals, doesn't he? He only needs a, a, a sniff of a chance, really. Um, he's 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 such a good player, um, and they have got quality, but they're just not. They're just not playing. They're just not operating well at the moment. Um, so obviously we we hope that they don't sort of snap out of it this weekend. But they were pretty pretty turgid at Warsaw. Really, Warsaw were a bit unlucky um, not to get something um, last weekend. Um, I'd love to see Duran start. I just don't think he's. I just don't think he's he's, he's going to. I think um, I think it possibly will be the same team. And uh, the only the only change I would potentially make is McGinn coming coming back in. Um, but he, he probably won't this this game. They'll probably feed him back in gradually, and he'll have to kind of earn his position back as 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 he should. It's interesting, isn't it? How how little um, Unai Emery changes the team. It's something I wanted to discuss as well because we talk about squad depth and things like this and options, but he he, he tends to pick the same the same team, doesn't he, here, here and there? I think that that has something to do with the, the options that we saw in the cup game at Stevenage. Now, um, <laughs> obviously, there's been a major cull of those players. It was quite ironic. We saw lots of people on uh, on, on Twitter after that Stevenage loss saying things like, these people should never play for Aston Villa again. And it seems Unai was listening <laughs> um, because they're either gone or, or soon to be gone. So I think that is that speaks to the, the depth. And again, this reinforces the point that we made earlier at the show. A little callback here is that these players that have gone are not, starters they have not weakened us with the exception of maybe Danny Ings but even then this is someone who can't play 90 minutes and if he can play 90 minutes he's not effective at all in our system particularly so anyway um it's going to be good to see what 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 
Unai can get out of this, out of these these new kind of batch of players. But with only 18 games to go, with only one game a week at most between now and the end of the season, or 16 games to go, there is an opportunity to have a fairly balanced team, and there's an opportunity to to, to tweak here or there when you need to if someone's got a knock or a suspension, and also it allows the players that are in possession of the shirt to 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 um to to build momentum and also no one really deserves to be dropped five wins in seven is formidable champions league form so there's no reason for unai to change the team when when we're doing so well so long may that continue and i think it's uh, we should flip it on its head and having a settled 11 is good leicester won the title off the back of a settled 11 arsenal are topping the table off of the pack of a settled 11 i mean they're reluctant to make changes and and emery's a coach who who likes a smaller squad at Villarreal we had a very small squad of core players and for a coach who who from everything I've read likes to work individually with players on kind of meticulous detail on the training pitch having less people to work with is a positive not a negative so I'm quite happy to have a small squad because it means they all get a little bit of extra time if McGinn gets an extra couple of hours a week with Emery suddenly he unlocks his potential with Jacob Ramsey gets a little bit of extra love suddenly he goes on to the next level so I think we should we should definitely turn it on its head and view it as a positive and and see it as an opportunity for, for Emery to have more training round time with these players yeah it's interesting isn't it it's it's it it feels like we've we keep saying it, but we have got a, a, got to sort of um, adjust our mindset completely. We've got a totally different um, approach now, haven't we? It, it, it is about it is about the the um, the setup and the system and the and the and the approach rather than the rather than the players. It's not just about having better players anymore, is it? And I think that's how you make that that jump from lower Premier League table to 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 up you know in the in the top half and and fighting for the european places so at some point you do have to have better players but at the moment i think we've got we've we've got enough to um you know to to have a go at that top half and and see where it takes us so let's hope that starts on saturday and you'll be you'll be, you'll be there dan um, in the whole ten, so um, do you want to do you want to give me your your prediction first? My prediction is I'll probably be late to meet you in the pub beforehand, <laughs> but the Villa will win three 0 I'm I'm confident they're going to put on a show for me. Craig, prediction. Three one, three three one Villa, three one, three one Villa. Okay, well I was going to go for four one. I fancy us to uh, to 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 open up a little bit. Um, you know, I think there's a, a few players due a goal as well. I think Ramsey's probably due a goal, and I think uh, it'd be good for for Watkins to get back to back goals as well. That would that do do wonders for his confidence. So, so let's hope there's a there's a few going in um, at the weekend. But thanks for uh, thanks for joining me again this week, guys. It's been been great to kind of chat through the issues and the uh, the transfer window. Um, it's been you know. It's, it's been good, sort of, uh, to get my head around it a little bit <laughs> and get your opinions. So, um, and thanks to everyone for listening. Um, hope you uh, hope you're having a having a good week, and hope you hope you enjoy the uh, match day on Saturday. Um, and we'll be back next week with another podcast looking at looking ahead to the uh, Manchester City away game the following Sunday, um, and obviously reviewing the Leicester game. Um, but until then, stay safe and up the villa.